Welcome to All Places Together. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. Here's a story for you. A story called Out Of and Into. I imagine at least once in your life you've been faced with the following question and you weren't quite sure what to say. The question is often posed after a milestone accomplishment, graduation from a program, winning an award, entering into retirement. The children have left the house, perhaps for kindergarten or even for college. And the question you may have guessed it by now is, now what? Or perhaps, what's next? I think I can hear you all groaning as I've said this, as we like remember collectively all of the times that we have been asked this question. Sometimes when I've been faced with this question, I'm able to ask with like a relatively kind remark, something along the lines of, goodness, isn't that a great question? Other times when I have been asked this, usually like multiple times in a row, my patience has worn thin and I say instead, I've got no bleeping idea. However, we also face that question when we are coming out of seasons of grief. Folks are often asked or perhaps even ask themselves this question after their spouse dies. What's next? Now what? We also ask this question when our lives are turned upside down by a diagnosis or perhaps an abrupt change in employment. Now what? What's next? Sometimes we are hurtled out of a season of peace and contentment and into the unknown without our consent or choice at all. A few weeks ago on the podcast, on the episode that had the reverse title, Into and Out of, I talked about the times when we know we are in the right place at the right time and we've got the plan going to do the right thing. Going into a new season can be like that, like, and I love when life works out that way. However, there are also times when you've been pushing so hard towards a goal, grinding so hard, or even just trying to survive. that when you get to the end of it, it's like coming up for air after being underwater for too long. You're gasping. The light is too bright. You're not sure which way anything is. You're just thankful that you finished what is behind you. And you've got no clue about what comes next. Or sometimes you've been catapulted into the water without any warning or consent. And you come up with all of that same gasping, the bright light, trying to figure out what the heck happened. And trying to just guess maybe at what is coming next. And that, my friends, that is what we're going to talk about today coming out of times that have been all-consuming or anxious or marked with grief, and then figuring out how to move into the next stage of life without a clear set of plans. 
if you listened to the partner episode to this one, you may remember that we're talking about the New Testament today. And like that previous episode, the arc of those stories spanned more than one book of the Bible. This week's will too. Because this week we're talking about Jesus coming out of death and his followers going into life after Jesus's ascension. Not sure what that means? No worries. Stick with me. We're going to get there together. The two books from the New Testament that we'll be exploring today are Luke and Acts. Luke is one of the four Gospels, and Acts is the sequel to Luke. Now, on the table of contents, you'll find the New Testament list goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts. That table of contents order reflects the desire to keep more similar Gospels together, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They share a lot of content and structural parallels, and John is like a whole other thing, but it's still a gospel, so we, you know, they want all four of those together. So when you're looking at that order, it seems like Acts comes after John, but narratively, Acts follows Luke. The full name of the book is Acts of the Apostles, but most folks just call it Acts for short. But the story begins in Luke, and Luke tells the story of Jesus's life from conception to ascension. Luke talks about the angel that comes to Jesus's mom to invite her into becoming the mother of God's son. Luke gives us a little bit of a glimpse into Jesus's childhood and then tells in detail the story of Jesus's ministry as an adult which culminates with his arrest and death in Jerusalem. The final chapter of Luke, which we'll look at today, has four main scenes in it. It picks up after Jesus has been crucified on the cross. So it starts in the beginning of that chapter first with the women who went to tend Jesus's body in the tomb, and they are greeted by two men who claim that Jesus is risen. The second scene is of two disciples walking to Emmaus, lamenting Jesus' death, and then being accompanied by Jesus along the road. This was the story we read in the episode Glimpsed at the Table. The third scene is Jesus appearing to the disciples gathered in Jerusalem and then teaching them one last time. And then the fourth and final scene of the Gospel of Luke is Jesus ascending into heaven. Like, beam me up, Scotty, from Star Trek, going up into the clouds into heaven. So let's look at those last two scenes now. So this is Luke chapter 24, verses 36 to 53 from the Common English Bible. When Cleopas and their friend were saying these things, Jesus himself stood among the disciples and said, Peace be with you. They were terrified. They thought they were seeing a ghost. Jesus said to them, Why are you startled? Why are doubts arising in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. It's really me. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones like you see I have. 
And Jesus said this, and he showed them his hands and feet. Because they were wondering and questioning in the midst of their happiness, he said to them, Do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of baked fish. Taking it, he ate it in front of them. Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law from Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He said to them, This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And a change of heart and life for the forgiveness of sins must be preached in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Look, I'm sending you to what my father promised, but you are to stay in the city until you have been furnished with heavenly power. He led them out as far as Bethany, where he lifted his hands and blessed them. As he blessed them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. They worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem overwhelmed with joy. And they were continuously in the temple praising God. Here ends the reading and there ends the gospel of Luke. So again, this is the Sunday that the disciples had. They wake up thinking Jesus is dead. The women go to tend the body. He's not there. The women tell the men that he's risen. They don't believe the women. Cleopas and his friend walk to Emmaus, meet Jesus, then walk back. And then this scene that happens that we just read. They're telling everyone about this encounter and Jesus appears to them. Jesus teaches them and gives them all these instructions. And then the ascension happens like Probably biblical scholars think a few days later, not immediately as the way those verses read. And I like need to catch my breath just from reading this order of events. Like, do you feel this fervor and this intensity of what these disciples have been through? And we can't forget that Jesus had died on Friday The night before, he had shared the Last Supper with his disciples. And like the Sunday before that, he was paraded into Jerusalem like a king. Like the week prior had been all of the things. That first Sunday had been all of the things. Like, it's a lot. It is a lot that they are coming out of. And as they're coming out of their grief and coming into this new understanding and new season of life, They've only got some basic instructions. Jesus is like, hang out in Jerusalem until you receive the heavenly power. And then, you know, you're going to talk about this change of heart, this forgiveness of sins all across the world. But that's it. They have been brought out of their fear, out of their chaos, out of their grief by Jesus. They have met, met their risen Lord. They have been given basic instructions, and then they see him ascend into the sky. So I guess technically their answer to this now what question is to wait, to like sing in the temple and wait. So you might be wondering, like, what is this heavenly power and how does it come to them? And then like, what are they going to do after 
they get this power? Like, how are they going to preach this change of heart and forgiveness of sins to all nations? And the answer, or truth be told, answers to that question unfold over time. And these answers make up the stories that are the acts of the apostles and really the rest of the New Testament and probably our lives as Jesus followers too. But let's not jump too far ahead yet. So when we turn to the beginning of Acts, the author gives us a little recap, just in case we don't remember what happened before. The author reminds the readers the connection to Luke and then all about the life of Jesus and now points out that this scroll, Acts, is about what the disciples did after the ascension. We're given a little bit more detail here about what Jesus says to the disciples before the ascension. It's basically to start local there in Jerusalem, then go national to some of the areas around, and then to go international. So they're reflecting on that and they're waiting for this sign of heavenly power, which is described in the second chapter of Acts. The Holy Spirit comes down and grants all of the disciples the ability to speak in other languages. This enables them to be able to go out to other places to be able to talk to the people who live there in their native languages, right? This is a key feature of trying to tell stories to people in other countries and other nations knowing their language. So this heavenly power has come. They've got the language skills to preach about this change of heart and this forgiveness of sins. So now it's time to go out to do the thing. Time to tell the story. And there's no set plan. Like, or at least not anything like we think of a plan today. There weren't plans like lesson plans with daily objectives and activities created to fit the curriculum of how people might be able to come to understand God's love. There weren't plans like workout plans that target specific muscle groups in order to maximize like the growth of love in our heart. There weren't plans like business plans that lay out needed investments to develop products, to buy inventory, to sell sufficient amounts of product, to pay the debts, to pay the workers, and still have more invest to do it all over again. I think I missed some words in there, but they didn't have that kind of plan. And there weren't even like scientific plans, plans that identify an experiment that can be run multiple times to either prove or disprove a hypothesis. They didn't have any of this. All that they had were like these broad strokes about what it means to follow Jesus. You got to tell people about Jesus. You got to tell the stories. You need to love them like Jesus did. You need to take care of people who have needs, those who are hungry, those who are thirsty, those who are lonely. You've got to heal those who are unwell. But these broad strokes like aren't really organized. There's not really an order given to do these things. Like it is certainly not at all like building a set of Legos, right? This is not what faith is like. Um, Because you know, when you build Legos, you have all of the pieces right there in your little box. And then step-by-step visual instructions on how to put them together. The disciples had nothing like that. 
And we don't have anything with that much detail either. Instead, the disciples sought to tell about Jesus's love and love like Jesus in word and deed in a variety of different ways. And the first chapters of the Acts of the Apostles are full of stories of them doing this. I want to share some of them with you briefly so you can get a sense of the diversity of action that happened there. It wasn't all them doing the same thing together. It wasn't a set and clear course. Peter, John, Stephen, and other disciples tell the stories about God going all the way back to Abraham and Sarah and connect Jesus into the promises first given to this couple generations before. And because of their witness, thousands of people are baptized. There are stories about groups of Jesus followers combining all of their resources and living communally. Homeowners sell their homes and put the money into a common account that is used to care for everyone. It's like kind of the exact opposite of capitalism. And the needs of all are tended to very well by that community. Peter heals a man who has been crippled and restored this man's ability to walk. The author says that Stephen did all of these amazing signs and wonders, which may have included healings as well. Some of the disciples leave Jerusalem. They start to travel. Philip goes to Samaria, and on his journey, he meets an Ethiopian eunuch who he ends up baptizing right there on the side of the road. There's a lot to unpack about why this man was a eunuch. Nevertheless, this is one of the clearest examples of God's welcome to all of those who fall outside of the gender binary. As the story of Acts continues, the author sprinkles in details about how Saul is going after the Jesus followers for breaking with Jewish tradition. But then in chapter 9, Saul meets Jesus on the road to Damascus and converts to following Jesus and changes his name and becomes Paul. Peter and Paul then have all these conversations about whether or not one has to be Jewish first in order to follow Jesus, or if a person from outside of the Jewish tradition can go straight into following Jesus. Okay, I'm going to stop there. I'm not going to summarize the whole book of Acts, but I hope this gives you a big understanding of the kind of the chaos that Jesus's first followers enacted after his death, that it wasn't this detailed plan that they were following. I mean, they told the story of Jesus. They lived together in intentional community. They healed, they welcomed, hearts, minds, and bodies were changed. They did amazing, powerful things, even though they didn't really have this plan. Some of it went really well. Like I said, thousands of people came to know God in a new way and experienced love like they hadn't before. People's bodies were restored, meaning that they were able to be restored into community and society. But on the other hand, there were some pretty nasty reactions from others. Stephen was killed for his belief, and Saul imprisoned lots of Jesus' followers before he converted. So the overarching theme here that I'm pointing out is that it's not a clear-cut plan to live out one's faith. It's imperfect people trying to figure out how to live out Jesus's love and call to love others in community. 
each disciple's story is a little different, and they are all figuring out as they go. So you might remember that speech from Genesis that we read a few weeks ago, the one that Joseph gives to his brothers about how everything just worked out perfectly and God had meant all of these really hard things to happen so that Joseph and his family could be clear, right? Joseph says, all of this was God's plan to save us. Each part of it had to happen for us in order to get here today. And to be honest, I love that for Joseph. I love that he has this faith and this perspective of like clarity on God's action in his life. And I love when that happens for people who are following God still today, when people are able to sense God's clear guidance for them along each step of the way, almost like maybe they are building a Lego set. But it's not always that way. And sometimes people don't ever experience a season of faith like that. Sometimes things go like the book of Acts. You come out of a difficult season and you've just got broad strokes about what you're trying to do. The grief, the anxiety, the hustle, the grind, the surviving of what came before hasn't allowed for a detailed plan to happen in this new season. And that's okay. The disciples in Acts had some idea about what they should do, but they certainly didn't have it all figured out. They didn't agree all the time. There wasn't one set path forward. There were many paths for them to take, many ways for them to be faithful to Jesus, many ways for them to embody God's love in a broken and hurting world. So if you're not in that right place, right time, right thing season that we've talked about, that's okay. If you're in a, I'm coming out of something really intense and I don't know what I'm going to do next, that's okay. You're not alone. If you know your broad strokes about how you want to live into this season, that's amazing. Maybe you know you want to grow in your parenting. You want to make peace with your body. You want to tend to your mental health and therapy. You want to find ways to care more intentionally for the earth. You want to claim your voice and authority within a community. You want to learn more about a particular topic. You want to grow as an ally. In all of these things, there's not just one right way to go about it. There are many. So taking some time to pray, to research, to reflect, and even to trial and error approaches are all good and faithful responses. God is with you as you go through all of that. And if you don't know your broad strokes about how you want to live in this season, that's okay too. I hope you can find community here at All Places Together or somewhere else and that that community can surround you as you catch your breath. People to love on you, wonder with you, pray with you, and walk with you. To remind you that no matter the season of life that you are in, God loves you wherever, whoever, and however you are.
for Paths Untrodden from Evangelical Lutheran Worship. O God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending, by paths as yet untrodden through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. The November 2022 designs for Mother Hen Media Ministries are live now. If you're a leader of another congregation and you're looking for support and resources for your social media ministry, I hope you'll check out Mother Hen. Mother Hen provides ready-to-go content for Facebook and Instagram, as well as a content calendar to keep you organized. Best of all, by subscribing to Mother Hen, you're helping to support All Places Together. Just go to the All Places Together website and click Mother Hen at the top and you'll get to learn more about it. I'm ever grateful to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and supporters like you who share generously with All Places Together. Your financial gifts enable this podcast to happen week after week. If you've not made a donation before and you'd like to, you can just go to our website again, allplacestogether.org, scroll to the bottom where it says Give to All Places Together. Click that button and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. We know it can be hard to give financially. We celebrate all of the ways you share the stories of All Places Together with the people in your life and engage with APT online throughout the week. As you might suspect, I'm like pretty stoked about Taylor Swift's new album that's coming out at the end of this week. So I hope you'll join me on Instagram to celebrate with some new and old favorite Bible characters sing Taylor Swift and enjoy them and maybe share them to your stories too. Until next time, remember that God loves you wherever, whoever, and however you are.